hold. Recorded live.
Our God is worthy this evening. Worthy of all glory. Worthy of all. Worthy of all the fruit. like him there's no nothing like the Lord there's no one like Jesus nobody like nobody like There's nobody like me. There's nobody like the Lord. There's nobody like him. No, no.
wherever he wants us to go. We'll keep God pleased. My spirit just immediately flashes to Joseph, how wherever Joseph found himself, you don't see him doing a lot of complaining about uh, being in the cistern, you know, you don't see him complaining about part of his wife falsely accusing him. You don't see him complaining about being in the prison. He just worked to keep God pleased wherever he found himself, and God lifted him. God, in due time and in due season, God lifted him. If we will keep God pleased in due time and due season, he will lift us. We looked at uh, First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 4. Uh, number one, under he will make you. And number two, something I've been sharing with you all for some time, but we're going to take a look at three very potent scriptures tonight. Still talking about he will make you. We're going to start out with Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 14. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 14. Now, you want to get some context before we jump off into this because you've got some time separating these events. Now, write down these scriptures, Deuteronomy 9, 14, Exodus 32 and 9, and Numbers 14, verses uh, verse 12. Deuteronomy 9, 14, Exodus 32 and 9, Numbers 14 and 12. Under capital B, he will make you. Now, again, you want to get some context a little background information as to what was going on when God spoke these words to his servant Moses. God was pleased with Moses. Don't say that God was pleased with Mrs. Moses. Don't say that God was pleased with the children of Moses. Don't go say God was pleased. Don't even say that God at this point was pleased with Joshua and Caleb and, and whoever. God was pleased with Moses. Now, the Israelites were a different matter. Remember, Moses had just led the Israelites out of what? Egypt. And from the time he got them out of there real, real good, they started cutting up. Now, you know, you can almost, you can almost, almost. Now, I didn't say you could. Almost. But like uh, one, of the, one of the, I think one of the kings told Apostle Paul, you think you, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Not, not, not that he did, but Paul, he told Paul, he said, you almost you almost got me with that one. Paul was talking to one. Who was that Paul was talking to? I can't remember. It was the King Agrippa. Uh, almost. You almost. You can almost sympathize with the Israelites. These people had been under cruel Egyptian bondage for what? 430 years. Not like many of us black folk. Sound a lot like us. They got out of bondage. Some of them had never known freedom. Some of them had never even could imagine freedom. And here they were free. Didn't have to be made to get up in the morning at the crack of the whip. Didn't have to be made to make bricks. Didn't have to be made to build pyramids or whatever. Didn't have to be made. So now they like, man, let's party. That's basically what the Egyptians were saying. Well, well, wait, well man, well, let's party. Somebody make some wine. Look at them gals over there. Let's turn this thing into something. And when Moses went up on the mountain to talk with God, him and Joshua, you know, that is what, you know, they, they commenced to doing. That's what they commenced to doing. You can almost, almost now the flesh is like, and it was right on point. But what you got to understand is that 
I'm hearing God from his side. God said, look, I could have left you in slavery another 430 years. So God said, no, no, Robert, you can't sympathize with them because I'm the one that brought them out of slavery. They should have reverenced, they should have honored, they should have respected the one who brought them out. All right, Lord, we got that. So enough of this, Mr. Potty, 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 all the time. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 14. Start with verse 13. The Lord said to me, I have seen these people. They are a stiff-necked people. Indeed. Let me alone so I may destroy them and blot their name from under heaven. God said, and I will make you, I will make you into a nation stronger and more numerous than they. One occasion. Quickly turn to Exodus chapter 32, verse 9. Now, this is where God originally Exodus 32 and 9, God said, I have seen these people. The Lord said to Moses, they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you, then I will make you into a great nation. Well, our last scripture, Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. Now, this is, this is time to go into the promised land. Forty years later, they still, what, cutting up. Numbers 14 and 12. Start with verse 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me? Well, not 40 years, because they end up with a 40-year punishment after this. All right. How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them? Look at verse 12. I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. But I will make you, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. Three select scriptures. Under capital B in our outline, he will make you. He will make you. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, again, we honor you, reverence you, glorify, and exalt you.
you are, in fact, God, and besides you, there is none other. Father, you deserve more than what we give you. You deserve more praise than what we muster. You deserve more honor. You deserve more obedience. Father, forgive us for not doing everything that is pleasing in you. Forgive us of our awful sins. Forgive us of our sins of a whole mountain on us. We have mercy on those rightfully persecute us and mistreat. You have given us. We forgive me. As we have gathered to hear your word, we ask to the microphone that we may hear what the Spirit say in these last and evil days. Give us a word, Father, tonight, that just as natural bread helps us to grow in the physical, give us a word tonight that will help us to grow spiritually stronger. That your name, which is above all other names, will be glorified, honored, and praised. We trust, Father, that you are going to do these things for us as we are touching and agreeing, asking in the name of Jesus Christ, your own begotten Son. These are the most precious name. Amen. The book of Exodus, oh, we should have started. Chapter 32. Moses, who was the God ordained leader of the Israelites. to go and spend some private time get this down in your notes any God ordained leader before he or the people of God must spend time with God Moses Down from the Mount Horeb. Now, you say, Apostle, why is that as important? It's important to you and I, children of God, today because even if God takes long to answer us, even if God takes long to uh, to respond to us, even if God takes long, that is not an excuse for us to start moving in a different direction. It's not an excuse. Now, many of us try to use it as you say, what about, what are you saying, Apostle? Look at verse 1. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods. In other words, 
because we haven't received a word in the time that we wanted it. We want to follow somebody else. You will find this kind of thinking throughout the Bible in various places. Because God, because God didn't give you the child when you thought you would have the child. You want to run after, you want to try something else. Because God didn't give you the husband when you thought he should give you the husband, you want to run after something else. Because God didn't give you the job when he, and the Lord is flashing in my spirit, God's a robber. That's one of the reasons you didn't play professional basketball. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons why me. And that was my dream from the time I was about four years old, right on up. And God said, that's, that's why. Now, I think I shared this with you all before, but, the, but just to give you and show you the point. Uh, after our, I played basketball in college. I had a very good senior season. The Lord blessed me very well. And I remember we lost the last game in the NCAA tournament. And we were riding back on the bus. My roommate and I were sitting in the back seat. And uh, he asked me, it was dark, it was late. He said, man, he said, Rob, how does it feel now that it's over? Talking about basketball career. And the Lord had already told me that he was going to give me an opportunity to play professional basketball. I looked at him, I said, man, I said, uh, you know, the Lord has already told me he's going to give me an opportunity to play professional basketball. He said, okay. All right. Well, graduated from college. Went, tried out for some professional teams. Didn't make the team. Got a little discouraged. And was like, you know, if the Lord, if I don't hear from one of these professional teams by September, I'm going to start coaching and teaching at local high school. If I don't want one of these pro teams, you know, I tried out for some teams, different places, different things. If I don't hear from one of these professional teams, I'm going and start coaching. I said by September. I said. Well, the Lord hadn't said that. What the Lord had said was, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Whether it would have been in September, whether it had been in October, whether it would have been five years later, God is true to his word. Well, I gave the Lord to September. I didn't know what I was doing. But I said, if I don't hear from one of these professional teams, I'm going to go and start teaching and coach one of the local high schools. Well, September rolled around. Didn't hear one of the any of the professional teams went, signed up, start coaching, start teaching. Two weeks in to my coaching and teaching, get a call from Glenn Carey, Ballybeg, Ireland. Hello, may I speak to Robert Bryant, please? I'm like, I'm him. He said, oh, Robert, we've heard a lot about you. We'd like for you to come over and play for our team. I said, send me a contract. I sent There was the you know, I still could have gone, still could have. But the point is this right here. When God tells you he's going to do something, be patient. Be patient. Because if what God has told you he's going to do hasn't come to pass yet, that means he's still working some things out. A lot of times in you and a lot of times in others. God was working some things out with Moses. 
and it took to gathered around Aaron and said, now, now, my prayer for you under the sound of my voice is be Aaron's out there. Now, we thank God for, for, for some many great things that Aaron did, but we're just kind of using this in context. Aaron in context here. Now, again, he did some great things, but we're not, we're not going into that right now. Was symbolic of a leader who, rather than disciplining and training the people, he got disciplined and trained by the people. The people gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. What Aaron should have said was no. I've shared this with you long, through a long time. Most problems you can trace back in creation go back to some weak man somewhere. Some weak because man been put out the head. Whether it's in the Garden of Eden, whether it's in the wilderness, whether it was the the uh, 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 Pilate, because remember Pilate had power to do what with Jesus, set him free. But when you have weak men who who bow to the will of the people instead of standing firm on the word of God, that's where problems come in. Nobody make President Obama sign no uh, no law or whatever to, to institute gay marriage. That's the choice he made. So what leaders have to be willing to do is be willing to 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 sometimes be unpopular, to sometimes do and say things that the people or the masses are not going to like in order to stand firm in that which is pleasing to God. They said to Aaron. See, you know, they could, why they why they make God themselves? You know, you want false God, make one yourself. Aaron's response should have been, no. And whoever has come to me with this, because you'll find, now, now the law hadn't been given yet. But in the law of Moses, which is what Moses was up on Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, getting from God, the law was that if anybody come talking about worshiping any other God, they would be put to death. Now, what Aaron should have said is that whoever the one came with this coming out of their mouth, kill him. Kill him. Whoever was bold, big and bold enough to come to Aaron and make this suggestion, whatever group that got together and was bold enough to come to Aaron and make this suggestion, the response should have been, kill that one first. My spirit goes to what's that, one of our favorite movies, 300. Sent a messenger into Sparta in the movie. I'm talking about what Xerxes was going to do and how much iron part Xerxes was going to kick and how you better fall in place, King Leonidas or Johann Park. And what they did was they even, and the king told him, said, I'll be very careful now because in Sparta, everyone is held accountable for the words that come out of his mouth, even a messenger. It might have been better for him to go on back to King Xerxes and say, look, uh, king, 
they said they ain't, they ain't going to bow down. Rather than say anything about what Xerxes sent him to say, when you held accountable for what, it might have been better for him to say, oh, okay, Leonidas, all right, no problem. Let me go on back. Let me go on back to Xerxes and tell Xerxes you don't, you, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't comply. Rather than, <laughs> rather than me, say something that's going to get me kicked in the chest into a, a, a dark abyss. Let me go. So what you're saying, King, you think? Okay, you don't you you're not you're not for you're not about this life. Okay, I go back. Let me go back. What Aaron should have done. See, the Bible is not only filled up with uh, great things that people have done, but there are there the Bible is also filled up with critical moments where people should have done different things, where people should have made different decisions, where you, people should have made different choices, because the choices we make echo through eternity. The choices we make. Aaron answered them. See, see, you need to understand that your answer to foolishness is, is very important. Aaron's answer could have been what I just told you all. Kill, who, who just who just said that? Who all who all is who all is saying this? Who all want this? All right, we're gonna we're gonna kill every one of you all. It could have been his answer, or just immediately. Aaron answered them, "Take off your gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing." Bring them to be. Now, now, where did this come from? Keep in mind, children of God, that when the Israelites came up out of Egypt, they plundered the Egyptians. They had all kind of gold. They had all kind of precious stuff and, and, and good stuff. So God didn't just let them come up out of Egypt with nothing. They plundered the Egyptians. They took all kinds of good stuff. They were blessed. You say, well, Apostle, well, what, what's the significance? The significance and the problem is, is that they took the blessings that God allowed them to have and they went and, and, and offered them up somewhere else. You say, Apostle, oh, how could they do that? Some of you all understand my voice. You're doing the same thing. Money you should be using to help promote the kingdom of God. You done bought you a new, new flat screen with it. Money you're supposed to be using to help build up and do different things for the kingdom, you running off you. It's the same thing, children of God. I'm, I'm hoping some of y'all be able to see that. Anytime, well, all we're talking about here is when we don't use that which God has given us for one thing and we use it for something else, it's the same thing these Israelites were doing. So the people took off all their earrings, brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into. In other words, it was supposed to be used to adorn the people of God. Now it's being made into something else. See, and that's what adversary loved doing in humanity. He loved taking and trying to entice us to take stuff that's made for one thing and use it for another. Maybe our gun. Ain't it gun? People are like, our oh, guns is the problem in the United States. No, they're really not. It's people. Gun ain't going to just fire itself now. I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting to get the report 
where the newscasters come on, and an AK-47 walked out of the cabinet, went down to the local school, and shot all the little children. I ain't, you ain't going to get that kind of report. Ain't the problem. Gun is a tool that can be used for the right thing, and it can be used for the wrong thing. Now, the problem I got with, with our government and the problem that I have with, with many of our leaders is that any time we now it's like we got sense enough with, 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 with other tools that people won't use right, we got sense enough to ban them or to put prohibitions on them and, and do all kinds. But it's like guns. For some reason, guns is like uh, some uh, uh, mystical uh, tool that cannot be regulated. Nonsense. Got the right to bear arms, okay? Take a musket. You can have a musket. You can have a gun. The Bible didn't, I mean, not the Bible, the Constitution or whatever didn't talk about you got the right to have an uh, automatic or semi-automatic weapon. Don't say that. You can bite right to bear arms. All right, but we're going to have muskets there. Everybody else got to give up every other gun you got. We're going to, we, the government be distributing mus- muskets. And you got anything other than a musket, then you, you're going to be in trouble. Tools that are not used right, there's a problem. Well, the tools, the gold, the earrings that they were wearing that were supposed to be to adorn and to beautify God's people, now they're being used wrong. Aaron is casting it in the shape of a calf. He's fastening it with two. Then they said, then, then they said these are your gods, O Israel, whom brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early, sacrificed burnt offerings, presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in reverie. Now, got the wrong God, got the wrong use of what God has allowed them to have, got the wrong worship. Anytime you got the wrong God, you're going to have the wrong use of what God has given to bless you, and you're going to have the wrong worship. Wrong God. Now they got God shaped up like a calf. When you got the wrong God, what what you say you got? You got the wrong God. You got the wrong. When you get the wrong God, you're gonna have going to get down. You're gonna have wrong doctrine because it's wrong doctrine that got you to the wrong God in the first place. So you got the wrong God. You got the wrong doctrine. You got the wrong use of what God has given you to bless you, and you have wrong worship. All of these, all of these. Now, all of that brings the anger of the true and living God. Look at verse 7. We're about to close this. Then the Lord said to Moses, go down, because your people whom you have brought up out of Egypt 
have become corrupt. They have been quite away from how I commanded them and have made themselves an idol. Made themselves. Cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, whom brought you up out of Egypt. Now, you can understand God being upset. He knew he was the one that led him out. He was, knew he was the one that performed miracles, 10 great miracles right, right in front of their faces. And just that quick, just that quick, adversary got him twisted up. One of the saints is using an example out of Godfather Part 2 when uh, one of the characters betrayed the family after all of what they had been through. And this what God is. God is looking at things. Now, as much as I have done for you, as much as I have blessed you, as, as, as faithful as I have been, and then you all do something like this, well, God had had enough. God had had enough and was ready to put the whole nation down. What do you do normally when a bear or something attack people or a dog or something be attacking people and killing people? Normally what they do when they get it, put it down, put it down. Because what the, what, the, what the thinking is is that if, if he did that before or once a, like a bear, he done attacked some people, ate some people, now he done messed around and got a taste for human blood. So we, you know, we may, we can't just grab him and, and and tranquilize him and put him back out in the in the forest five or six miles away from from people. He'll make his way back to town and attack somebody again. Got to put him down. Got to put him down. Wait, what God say? God said, "I have seen these people." Now this is one of the. Now that rolls off the tongue real real smooth. But when God says He has seen something, God is not just talking about past. God is not just talking about present. God is talking about future. God saw now or then what they was going to do 40 years from now at the waters of Meribah. God said, when God has seen you. See, God, God sees us. One of the names that Hagar gave to the Lord when she was on her way, on her, running away from her mistress, Sarai, was Beir, what? Lai Roi, which means the God who sees me. God says, I see you all. I see your past. God, see, I see, God says, I see your present. God says, I see your future. God says, I see it all. And this is why as children of God, we ought to rejoice. We ought to, to be praising God because God is in our being. We have been predestined to be conformed into the likeness of God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. That's our future. In case you're wondering where God is taking us and why we got to go, because what he's doing is he's shaping you and I up that we might be just like Jesus. 
God said, now, these as for these people here, God said, I done seen these people here ain't going to do right. No matter, So now, Moses, no matter what you're talking about, they're not going to do right at the end of the day. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses. They are a stiff-necked people. I mean hard-headed, just another way of saying hard-headed. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them. Now when God tells you to leave him alone so his anger may burn against somebody else, you don't want to keep right on picking at him so that now his anger starts burning against you. It would have been better for Moses in the long run to leave God alone, let God go and do his thing with them people. Because what happened, Moses messed around and he stayed with them people. You say, Apostle, what you got in? See, you, you ain't going to tell me a whole, whole lot of nothing if there's a people that you're continuing to stay with. Now, it's one thing to go in and to say one or two things to, and then come, up, come, up, come away from them. But when you have decided to stay with some people, then you need to understand that whatever them people is into is going to be a part of you. That's why you ain't tell me about, oh, I want to quit smoking. I want to quit smoking drugs, uh, 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 Pastor Brian. Yeah, but you're still running with them, them so-called friends that still smoking drugs. No, you really don't. No, you really don't. Because you got to come out from among them and be ye separate. You keep talking about you want to stop doing something, but you keep right on running with people that's doing that. No, you really don't want to stop. Because he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You really want to stop you? You really want, oh, man, apostle, you know, we've had individuals here. Oh, man, uh, pastor, man, I want to stop, man, selling them drugs, man. I want to stop. I want to do, I want to, and they come in for a little while and then end up right back out there. Why? Because you really don't want to stop. You really want to stop something. You've got to leave them characters alone that's doing that. God, to leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. I will make you. So understand, in order for God to make you and I into something, there's some people we got to leave alone. There's some places we got to stop going. There's some things we got to stop doing. People, places, that we got to change. If we want God to make us into something, there's some people, some places, and some things that we got to, we got to change. We got to change. Moses stayed with them people. And God sitting back saying, mm-hmm, I know how this is going to turn out. Now, this is one of the reasons, I'm going to wait for you all to stop writing, because this is what the Lord has in my spirit now, is that this is one of the reasons why God, when he sent the Israelites into, uh, you know, the promised land and different things, he said, look, don't go in there and start intermarrying. Don't go in there and start making no treaties, cutting no deals. Uh-uh. Get them up out of there. Why? Because then he come back and said, because what they'll do is they'll turn your hearts you won't convert them. They'll mess around and turn your hearts and have you not following me anymore. And that's exactly what happened. That's what happened with Moses. He stayed with him. Constantly, you know, here he was, a faithful man, 
in the midst of a bunch of unfaithful characters. And what ended up causing him, you know, not to be able to lead the people into the promised land anyway, you know, was some of that same rebellion that he was preaching against, it had slipped into him. God told him, speak to the rock. Now he is hitting the rock twice. Same thing, same character that the people had been displaying. Now here it is in in Moses. You say, Apostle, what's driving? You know, I, uh, you know, one of the one of the cues that 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 lets me to know when it's time for me. A lot of times it come from out of certain countries that I go in. Is when I start, you know, I start doing some of the same craziness that I be seeing. I be like, time for me to go. Time for me to go. Okay. All right. One of the things he's using as an example, uh, what was her name? Madam Curry, who invented the x-ray machine. That's all well and good. You can see inside the body and different things, but she kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, and she eventually died of radiation. Moses, the same rebellion that he preached against, that he prayed against, that he came against, that he, that the same rebellion ended up being the same thing. They got him because he didn't. Because, see, the reality is if God is saying leave me alone and you're still in God's face, that's rebellion right there. You don't even realize, Moses, that you you already got the seeds of them in you. God said, somebody tell you leave me alone, you keep right on. That is rebellion. Leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them. Because I'm hearing God. God said, look, I don't want my anger to have to burn against you, Moses. I know that you're really trying to do this thing right. But if you stick around with them. See, this is why it's some folk children of God we just got to cut loose. Now, don't mean that we think we're better than nobody. Don't mean that we, you know, got our nose poked up in the air, conceited or stiff neck. But, you know. That if somebody if somebody got AIDS and we know it, we treat them differently. We talk all day. Somebody got AIDS and they just took a big drink out of the drink bottle and they'd be like, I'm going to get your hit. Be like, no, nah, man, I don't think I'm thirsty right now. Well, what's the problem? I know you got AIDS. I know you got something that I ain't trying to, to get. Well, understand that, 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 that rebellion, stiff-neckedness, hard-headedness, you know, uh, refusal to worship God and following after false gods. We need to we we need to understand that that's as deadly to our spirit, man, as AIDS is to our physical man. Moses, you, you know, he didn't do a real good job of protecting his spirit, man. That's one of the only thing the Bible tells us. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And so, when we subject ourselves to certain people, certain places, certain things, then we're putting ourselves, we're putting ourselves in, in, in harm's way. God wants to make you and I into something very, very special, very, very great. But you've got to leave some folk alone in order for them to do it. 
God said, leave me alone now. God said, look, in order for me to make you great, you've got to leave me alone right now. Uh-oh. Not only have you got to leave the Israelites alone, but you've got to leave me alone. Moses didn't want to do either one. And he was never made into a great nation. Abraham was. God made Moses the same offer that he made Abraham. Abraham was made into a great nation. Not only was Abraham a great leader, but because of his obedience and his faithfulness, he was also made into a great nation. Moses was a great leader, but he wouldn't obey God. God told him this about three times, three, three or four times. Moses didn't want to do it. And he was never made into a great nation. He was a great leader, but he was not made into a great nation. So what did you say, Apostle? What is this to say? That our refusal to leave certain people, certain places, certain things alone will cause us not to reach our potential. Oh, man, as a basketball coach, I used to see it all the time. Cats that had potential to be in the NBA, cats that had the potential to play professional ball. Every time I ride, batter, ride, ride past the liquor house in town, there you is standing out the outside. Every time I ride past the crack house in town, there you is. You got the potential to jump out of the gym, run just as fast, muscles rippling everywhere, all kind of things. But because you won't leave certain people, places, and things alone, now you can't reach your potential. Now instead of signing for a $40 million NBA contract, you're trying to get together a couple dollars to get a 40 ounce. God will make you when you leave certain people alone. God will make you when you leave certain places alone. God will make you when you leave certain things alone. God said, I will make you, but God said, there's, there's something you got to give to me. There's some requirements. You want me to make you into this great nation. You want me to make you into, you want me to make you like, like Abraham. There's some things you got to give up. And if you don't, then the deal is off. Deal is off. So you say, Apostle, what you what you what you come you coming off you coming off kind of strong. Well, uh, you know what you saying what you saying to me, Apostle. I'm listening to you. What you saying? I'm saying to you that a lot of times it ain't got nothing to do with your enemies holding back your blessings from God. A lot of times it ain't got nothing to do with with another race or another gender or another that's holding back your blessings from God. It's you. Won't let some, some things go that God wants you to let go. Won't let some folk go that God won't let won't you that God wants you to let go. Won't let some places go that God wants you to let go. Bible says in verse eleven, but Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Well, see, the reality was the favor of God would have been for him to leave God alone. That, in other words, Moses was trying to please. Well, what would have pleased God if, if, if Moses would have left God alone and let God kill them Israelites? The only way you can get the favor of God is to do exactly what God tells you. Now, we're going to close this message here. Yeah, I'm not going to be standing up here preaching this all night. The only way we can get the favor of God in our marriage, in our families, in our, in our churches, in our businesses, in our community, in our nation, is to do exactly what God says. Do you really think doing less of what God say is going to bring more of the favor of God? Do you really think that not doing what God has asked you to do is going to bring God's favor? Do, if you think that, then the adversary has so filled your heart. 
The way to get the favor of God is do exactly what he said. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again tonight for everything you've shared with us. And we pray, Father, that someone under the sound of my voice has heard a life-changing word today, a word that will alter the very story of their life and bring them into their God-ordained destiny, that you may be pleased and that your good, pleasing, and perfect will may be done in the lives of your people. Again, we thank you, Father, and we appreciate you. Pray, Father, that someone under the sound of my voice who has not believed in your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that after tonight they have accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior and been made into a new creature. For you've told us that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Thank you again, Father. And we ask these and all other blessings in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Question one, come on, somebody. God will make us. What are some things we got to do in order for God to make us? What are some things we got to do in order for God to make us? Number two, when you have the wrong doctrine, let's start with the wrong doctrine. What are some other things that you will end up with wrong? When you have the wrong doctrine, what are some other things that you will end up with that are wrong? Question three, how, how is it you can almost sympathize with the Israelites? How is it you can almost, almost, almost sympathize with the Israelites? you can reach us through email at thechristensarnchurch at gmail.com check our website www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash to backslash tccc feel free to join us on TalkShoe Spreecast YouTube and iTunes at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. daily on TalkShoe call 724-444-7444 and try ID 17959 on Spreecast type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Church channel you can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk to you homepage. God bless you and have been smiling at you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.